Welcome to the Power of Property podcast. I am your host, Ellie Mackay, a property investor and developer. And this podcast is for anyone who shares my passion for property. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just getting started, I want to take you to the next level. I'm going to be bringing some real chat with some of the UK's leading property entrepreneurs. We'll be sharing wisdom and industry insights without any of the BS. Property's absolutely transformed my life and I know it has the potential to change yours too. Enjoy. Relationships are the highest form of currency, whether it's online, whether it's offline, regardless of your sector. This is something I'm hugely passionate about and I bang on about it every single day. And this lady understands the importance of that all too well. On this week's episode of The Power of Property, I am joined by Liz Bateson. Now, Liz has created a fantastic community, the High Net Connect, which brings high-performance entrepreneurs together up and down the country. Um, From Mayfair to Singapore, she's got franchises going on left, right and centre. She's a master of raising finance and she's got an incredible story to tell. So I hope you guys enjoy this episode as much as I did. Hi everyone and welcome to another amazing episode of The Power of Property where I'm joined by a very special guest, a very good friend of mine, my partner in crime, the wonderful Liz Bateson. Welcome Liz. Thank you so, so much. I'm really excited about this. Oh, well we've been threatening to do this for a while. (laughs) We were actually going to, we're seeing a friend of ours... um, luxury holiday home at the moment, Sarah McDermott. It's an absolutely stunning property. And we actually toyed with doing this podcast last night after we'd had a couple of glasses of wine, <laughs> but we've, we've, we've saved you from that. So we're we're going to keep it a little bit more professional, aren't we? Yeah, absolutely. Professional. Say <laughs> it very loosely. <laughs> <laughs> so let's start by um, telling the listeners, um, anyone who doesn't know who you are, a little bit about your backstory, how you got into property. Um, who is Liz Bateson? That's a really good question, actually, and I think um, I'm still figuring that out. I have no idea. I have no idea. Aren't we all? I know. I I feel like at the age of 42 now, I'm just figuring out who I am. Yeah. um, And that's key to figuring out what you want to do with your life, because how, how often do we wake up in the morning and do stuff we don't want to do? to get stuff we don't really want. So I felt like I, I was kind of in that world and coming from my background, I'm from um, investment banking. Mm-hmm. So um, I always put that as a kind of little caveat. So I've come from, I'm a, a mathematician, I've mm-hmm. come from finance and I did everything right. First class so, honours degree? First class honours degree yeah. um, in maths and I was very much um, an achiever in that academic sense. And I believed that society wanted the best for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I just did everything that society said I should. Um, and then I was really miserable. And I was like, oh, you know what? There's got to be more to life than just being a small cog in a massive machine. Mm-hmm. Um, and At then, what point did you get disillusioned with the system then? <laughs> um, quite early, actually. I was in my 20s and mm-hmm. I started to think... It was kind of coming up to that point in life where I thought, right, I kind of want to start settling down and have children... How is this lifestyle where I'm working to two or three in the morning and then, um, you know, drinking a lot because you work hard and you play hard in the city. And I was thinking, how is this going to work with all the other things I want in life? And then I started questioning it. And then I started thinking, hmm, is this what I want for the next however many years? Mm-hmm. Um, and people started to like open my eyes so I started reading more self-development books and we know that journey you know my favorite book the power of now which you love <laughs> yeah we have conflicting feelings about that book 
<laughs> I'm not saying it's the word I use to describe it. <laughs> it is. It is one of the um, the books that changed my mindset, and I started to think, what am I doing with my life? And and then the whole um, journey snowballed, and it just t- started to started to bring me back to the question that you just asked me: Who am I? Mm-hmm. What am I good at? And so I really started to um, question that. So that was kind of in my 20s. I went into alternative medicine, actually, and I started using my skills in analysis and finance and um, statistics to actually start studying and publishing papers in what alternative medicines worked. So complementary alternative medicines can, it's called. Um, so if you Google my name, you'll find lots of um, interesting papers uh, <laughs> with loads of like boring numbers on them online that have been published in journals. And that's where I thought my gift was to the world. Then I realised, actually, the little bit of the partying spirit was still in me. Um, <laughs> you don't really get to express that with statistics. <laughs> so I thought, <laughs> you know where this is going. <laughs> I thought, there's something more I can do here. Um, and then the world of property was opened up to me through a random... And it's, 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 I was going to say ironic, but maybe it's not irony. A random ad on Facebook that said, two hours uh, to change your life, open your mind, you shouldn't be swapping your time for money, um, that kind of thing. We've, we've all read Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And that opened my mind to like, oh my goodness, I need to be an investor. Mm-hmm. And so that's where it started. And that was only about five, six years ago now. So that's where I started. I was like, I'm going to make money work for me. <laughs> And then, um, so you were just for clarity, you were an angel investor, which means that you were investing in other people's property deals, you were providing the finance, and you were just getting a fixed return off the back of that. Yeah, exactly. Well, I hope that that was the plan. (laughs) What actually happened? I can laugh now, but I still need to get that money back. Um, (laughs) I'm still chasing it. There's all kinds of properties everywhere where my money is stuck. Um, So the complete opposite of what was supposed to happen, that you make your money work, I made my money die. My money (laughs) (laughs) literally went into projects. I hadn't got a clue what I was doing because the whole Facebook world, social media world of wealth creation is new to me. Mm -hmm. And I made the mistake of believing that if someone said something on social media, it's the truth. Um, Because in the world of corporate you know, if someone says something, they usually mean it. Or if you've got a task to do, somebody will do it. So, so, so just for clarity then, what due diligence did you do? <laughs> oh, God. Um, <laughs> this is going to be a short answer, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it is. Oh, God. I just checked out what cars they had. <laughs> oh, my God. It's really bad. For someone that's come from such a, <gasps> such a methodical risk analysis, um, logical background, I was moronic in my decision making like ridiculous were you just caught up in the whole sort of get rich quick thing then yeah right okay I got so taken into the hype and I think that book you know it's a really amazing thing it's an amazing book um but it can kind of mislead people sometimes well it did for me it misled me into thinking it was easy it's not Mm. easy there's still a lot of hard work that needs to happen Mm -hmm. for all these amazing things to happen um so I didn't do the hard work I didn't do the due diligence and I didn't even know what due diligence was no um so I really I suffered and and it was painful so financially uh I was (laughs) I was stung 
Um, and even to this day, you know, I still take risks with investing. Um, sometimes they come off, sometimes they don't. But at least I'm open-eyed about it. It's not, it's not a shock to me anymore. This was a shock. So I did, you know, there were six figures that went into other people's projects mm -hmm. that didn't come back as six figures. <laughs> so it's it was quite painful. It's a baptism of fire. It's not mm. dissimilar to, to our first property um, investment in the market I did back in 2006. Mm. No due diligence. We lost a shitload of money. Mm. Um, it was painful. But I genuinely believe that the lessons we learned mm. through that experience were priceless yeah. and potentially will save us hundreds of thousands, if not yes. millions in the future from, yes. from the processes and things we have in place now to, yeah. to mitigate against that kind of thing. Totally. I mean, I, that's one of the... I have to actually thank that, really, for my success now because one of the things that's so... Um, that I'm so passionate about is, is protecting people. So mm -hmm. my... You know, I've always been able to make money. I'm very, very lucky. The, the good things about me, I've been gifted. So my mathematical brain is not, I, I didn't, you know, I didn't go and buy it. It was just gifted to me. So I just feel like I've been given a responsibility. I've got a gift that I have to do something good with. Um, and in the past, it was just earning money. So money's never been a problem in that sense. But... So you can make it, you just can't keep it up exactly. until this point. Okay. It just goes out. It yeah. comes in and goes out faster. So uh, my wisdom about money was very low. Mm -hmm. uh, my ability to earn was high, but my wisdom was low. Um, and then through Facebook, which was the, the thing that got me these crappy deals in the first place, I started to um, be open about it. I started to talk about like how rubbish it was that people didn't get what they paid for if they were, you know, maybe they'd done the course and they were disappointed or they'd invested and they'd lost the money or... All of the negative negative things. I guess I was like a, a professional moaner for a while. But I realised I started to gather steam and people started to come to me um, to solve their problems because they've been in a similar situation. So obviously I've been through so many legal things as well. I should be a lawyer. I nearly trained as a lawyer after this because I thought, actually, one thing I know how to do is pass exams and learn. I could be a lawyer and help people and save them from this other horrible fate, um, then I decided that was really hard work. <laughs> and I just thought, there's other ways to do this. But I started to gather steam with people and get a following of people that were like, yeah, that's happened to me, that's happened to me. But I think that the, the, there's another point in your story which I think is really important for, um, for the listeners to hear as well because you do speak quite openly about this. So you were gaining some traction on social media, uh, building a following, a loyal following, becoming a person of influence. I know you wouldn't describe yourself as that, but you were doing, you've got, you know, you, you've got thousands of followers. And off the back of that, some of the, now, uh, just, just for transparency, for anyone who's not familiar with my story, I have been um, educated in property. I'm a huge ambassador for um, for coaches and for mentors. Um, the caveat being it's got to be someone that resonates with you. You've got to back to that word, due diligence, make sure that you are getting what you pay for, that, you know, that the, they've got a good reputation, etc., etc. But that wasn't your experience and actually you became quite jaded didn't you because a yeah. few of these and I'm just going to say you know the the, the guru types yeah. they sort of gravitated towards you because they wanted to um leverage your influence yeah. basically and uh, there was a lot more learnings to come wasn't there yeah absolutely and and I and I felt um I felt massively overwhelmed with it there was a there was this all of a sudden there's this whole new social media world and in it were kind of like these key figures that that were these like like you said the guru types and, and guru, 
experience. Yeah. And, and, um, and it's really hard, especially as somebody new to it, to figure out, you know, what's right for you. Mm-hmm. And, and like you said there, resonance, that's the word. It's about resonance. It's also about, obviously, integrity and, and, and people delivering. Mm-hmm. But if you don't resonate with somebody, I found myself trying to change who I was to fit with what I thought was successful in this world, what I needed to do to be a successful entrepreneur, because it was new to me. I'm a corporate, you know, a corporate person coming into the entrepreneurial world. So I found it really confusing, and I found myself trying to shapeshift into these guru um, kind of um, templates, and it just didn't work. And I ended up feeling not myself, and then realising that actually... When you're not yourself, you can't access your source power. You mm-hmm. can't access your energy anymore. We talked about source, didn't we? Yeah. You need to be you because otherwise it's all out of alignment. It's like trying to, you know, ring for a pizza and you've only got the fish and chips line. It's just impossible. Don't keep trying it. It's not going to work. So just stop, recenter. Um, that reference was from last night's takeaway, by the way. Yes, I got that. <laughs> They're the only two things I can think about. You've got to figure out who you are. So I started to look at myself from other people's points of view and realise what is it that people actually like about me. Um, so yeah, I am really down to earth. I've got yeah, I I've been an investor. I am an investor, and I've lost lots of money. I've um, made loads of mistakes. I'm really open with that. Um, but I'm also I believe I'm a really intelligent person, mm-hmm. and I can learn from my mistakes. You don't have to be a genius um, to succeed, but you do have to learn from your mistakes. So what's interesting in business and and as entrepreneurs is ultimately we're here to solve problems. And if you were um, associating by with some of these gurus, gurus, whatever you want to call them, um, and realising that they were perhaps not delivering what they said they were going to deliver, and you were getting... You were still getting an insight on what not to do. There were still some valuable yeah, lessons there. And actually, it's kind of went on to form a big part of, of what you're doing now. But we, we yeah. sort of joked at the start about having to kiss those frogs. Yes. But the, the power of association, and, and you yes. actually did a social media post about this um, yesterday, talking about doing your due diligence before you affiliate with people, before you go into a business venture or a partnership. Because ultimately... There's a lot of people out there that can talk the talk. Yeah. But as we know, it's not until you start transacting that we can really see what people are made of. Yeah. And, and money is one of those things. It's so telling. Yeah. Um, if you've got it, uh, people will take it off you very quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if you make it, sometimes I've found as well, when things are going not great in a business relationship... Um, there might be that sense of camaraderie. Mm-hmm. Then the money starts coming in. <laughs> and then you start seeing the real personality. And it's like, oh my God, I didn't realise this. So, yeah, I, I, I've learned so much from, from all of my relationships, good and bad. They've been absolutely key into getting me to where I am now. And I know I've still got a long way to go. I'm not the finished article. But I'm in a, um, thank goodness, I'm in a really good place right now. And I've got choices and opportunities that I've never had before because I have kept, every time I've gone off my path, you know, I've kept finding these guides. Um, I don't know if you know about the hero's journey. Um, Kevin Whelan talks about it a lot. But you have this cycle where you're kind of, you're a beginner, you kind of go on your journey, you start opening up, then things go crap. 
then a guide comes along and pushes you back on the track then you have these monsters to fight and you keep going around and then you become successful and you and you you start a new world and that's what the evolution of your kind of hum, human character is in this in this existence um, and even last night I absolutely give you credit because you are one of my guides you push me back into that right track mm. and it's so easy to go off the right track and forget who you are mm -hmm. but if you've got enough good people around you that care about your welfare they'll go you know what actually there's maybe do maybe maybe go steer that way or steer that way um, and I've had that in the last probably two three years now and it's just been extraordinary. These people have lifted me. Well, you know something, it's been very interesting because we, we talk about, and, and we, we love to do this because I'm very transparent about our, our, our feelings. You know, there is no feelings. There's only learnings or, or, yeah. or quitting, isn't there? But I think it's quite important to share that journey. And th there is a lot of smoke and mirrors in social yeah. media, people only showing the highlight reel. And I don't think that's necessarily a true reflection of, uh, of the reality for the majority of people. But, but seeing you transform over the last few years, it, it's been, um, you know, it's been really interesting to watch, and it's been so empowering to see that, um, to, to see that journey because your superpower is people. It's connecting, and that's very relevant to what you're doing now. So this is the power of property. Um, you do a lot of stuff within the property space. Um, so so let's talk talk through um, High Net Connect because yes. that is your baby. Yes. Um, although it's not exclusively for property, it's business. We've got a lot of property people in there. Um, we've got the um, May Mayfair um, that we're going to launch together. Talk the listeners yes. through what it is um, yeah. uh, and, and how it can add value to so many people. Yeah, I mean, it is, that's it. you put it perfectly. It's my baby. It's the, it's the first thing I've done completely on my own. Um, and obviously the, the power of it is the people. Uh, and it's been, it's been really interesting. It's the first thing that I guess I was brave enough to do on my own because I could see already there was a demand and I think especially through lockdown um, people felt very disconnected and so for me if I go back in history now and I think about all the times I was working in a big corporation because I always did I always went I went straight from university to big companies um, I was the one that always arranged the drinks I was the one that would be sat on someone's desk so I'd get my work done I'd be sat on someone's desk and say like you know what's going on with your family what's going on at home and just chatting to people matchmaking so connection is the thing I love um, and then and then I started to apply it to the world of property so even though I am um, I'm a director of a, a bridging company Pernod Capital um, which is fantastic, that's a, that's a great way to be in property. So obviously I'm a money person, so it makes sense that I'm the money side of the deal with my um, bridging firm. However, the connection part is where I get the joy and it's magical. So I created High Net Connect and High Net Connect was really because I find money, I don't just find it like down the back of the sofa and stuff, but I can find people with money and I find money because I've only ever worked with money and I don't know anything else. Um, but when we talk about money, just just yeah. for just for clarity here, um, you, you're talking millions, tens of millions of pounds, isn't it? So you've realised because relationships, your superpower, relationships are the highest form of currency. Very much like my job role within our property business is very much around being the brand, being the face of it, yeah. which is what generates the finance um, and allows us to have the operational side of the business because we all need capital. Yes. Um, so before we go into the, the preneur capital side of it, yeah. how did you first realise that this was a skill of yours? Yeah. Um, 
Because obviously there, there's been a bit of a process. You don't just yeah. go from being an angel investor, losing six figures like, mm. you, like you've mentioned and, and described to the listeners, to being able to raise tens of million pounds of a process. What was that journey like? Yeah, um, it was really, it, it snuck up on me really. It was really organic. I, I never had a, um, a vision to do that. Honestly, it was, it was, um, it was evolution again. It was, uh, I was rubbish at everything else. <laughs> I basically, <laughs> I tried everything. So I, w- <laughs> I went and learned about this strategy and that strategy. And, and we do, you know, I do have things going on in the background. I don't talk about them because they're not massive, but I have things going on in the background and there's, there's HMO and SA and developments and stuff like that. But that's not my forte. I tried it and I'm not brilliant at it. So there's three parts to a property deal. The deal itself, um, the people that can make the deal happen to execute the deal and the money. And so I was going into these situations and going to networking meetings and learning about, you know, this amazing strategy to make money. Um, and then I found that I was not great at finding deals. Um, and certainly I'm not a builder, I've got no skills, I can't even put up a picture, um, and, well, I did actually put up four pictures in our essay, and they all fell down within 24 hours, so I realised I was crap at that, so I kept, by default, being pushed into, what can I do, what am I good at? Sorry to interrupt, Liz, but was there not a story of one of your properties nearly killing somebody? Yes, yeah, my, my, my first essay, um, it was terrifying which is why after three I think it's three years now or two or three years it's taken me from that very painful traumatic experience (laughs) to doing another essay because I love essay and this is where we are now with our beautiful beautiful friend's house Um, I (laughs) I decided in my wisdom to um, have an essay it was a rent to essay and it was above a shop and it was in a beautiful old part of town. It was a lovely Regency flat and, and it was all lovely. Um, and it was making really good money. Um, and then uh, we, we noticed that there was some building work happening in the shop underneath this first floor flat. <laughs> and then we got a phone call one day and I remember laying in bed next to my partner. Um, this is the old fashioned way of doing a phone, by the way. For all those people out there, that's the phone. <laughs> this, is an old, this is an old fashioned phone. Um, uh, are your are your tenants or your guests in the flats? And we were like, well, well how do, how do we know? We don't. They don't check in with us. Um, and we said, I don't know. Um, and it was morning, and it was uh, September, and I remember this really clearly. And they said, oh well, half the flat. This was the builder that phoned us. Don't know how he got his number. Got our number. Um, half the flat has collapsed, um, and they could be in it. And that was the worst phone call of my life. And there were, there were two young ladies in there. They were in their 20s. And all I could imagine was like, you know, bad things. Uh, I'm going to get a graphic there. <laughs> <laughs> I just imagined, I was like, what do you mean? How can a flat collapse? How can that happen? But um, basically the extension that was part of the back of the flat that was over the, the shop, they just rumbled something and there was some crappy foundations in the whole thing and I mean the whole thing came down and there was dust clouds everywhere and it was absolutely terrifying those two phone calls we had to make to those those guests were like thank god both of them picked up within seconds wow. one had gone to Brighton for the day because um, both of them were off uh, they should have been there one had gone to Brighton for the day and the other one um, was at the gym 
and was just literally outside the place and was going to be walking up the stairs. And the thing you do when you come home from the gym, you go and have a shower, right? It was the whole bathroom side of the house. She would have been, she would have been gone. God. So that, and, and she was just like, what was that? Like she was in shock. So, you know, but again, what we learned was a lot. Of, we went, learned a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff from that. But it terrified me. It absolutely terrified me. And again, it's pushed me into this thing like, oh, do you know what? I don't, I don't want tenants. I don't want guests. I'm just going to be the money. I'm going to so find just the be, money. So, so back, so back, sorry, I, I just wanted to, <laughs> to sidebar with that story because it's quite, I remember you telling me this before and I can understand why you're definitely not as keen on the operational side of the business. Yeah. So back to the raising finance then. Yeah. You, you, you enjoy meeting people. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people listening to this, it's the biggest challenge that they face in property, raising yes. the finance. Yes. What were you doing differently? Yeah. So I think a lot of it was empathy because I was an investor. Now, I know that doesn't help people that aren't investors, but a lot of the time I was seeing it from the investor's point of view. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I was speaking to people about property, I, was ta- I wasn't talking about how great the deals were. I wasn't really talking about, you know... Um, Oh, this is amazing. This is gonna, we're gonna develop this or whatever. I was just saying, you know, uh, I was talking about it from the things that would worry them. So when I was in a, a situation, even if I was just in a social situation, um, I'd say things like, I'd talk about my story, you know, how things went tits up um, when I invested with the wrong people. Mm-hmm. And then I would talk about the things that investors really, really need to know how secure their money is. Mm-hmm. Um, when they're getting it back um, anyone out there who owes me money can you give it back now please um, and um, and to allay those fears and to ensure that they understood because what I learned when I was in banking um, I worked on the with the traders in the trading floor even at very high levels of um, you know finance and um, trading stuff happens that people don't understand and it was my job to deliver information to people that may have made two million pounds that day or may have lost two million pounds that day and I had to deliver it in a way that was going to help them understand why that happened. So I'm always talking to people in the, um, I guess in that pattern of where I say this is, this is why this would work for you and, and this is why this didn't work for me. So I was creating this rapport around empathy, which I think a lot of people don't because they're so excited about their deal. They're just like, I want the money. I need this. I made everything about them. Everything. So, okay. How do you go from um, your normal property deals where you might need, I mean, I'm based in, in Yorkshire, South Yorkshire. So you might only need to raise 40 grand mm. deposit and refurb money that that'll cover you for a traditional buy to let to do it up to acquisition and to, mm. to to do a bog standard refurb so how did you find yourself in a situation where you were around the high net worths yes because you were talking your speciality is bringing in millions where were you finding those people mm. and without having a track record how were you able to generate the finance because one of the things that i've started to teach people is how you generate the finance before you have the deals totally yeah uh, absolutely it's it's, I know people will hear this a lot coming from my mouth. It is the relationship. Yeah. It is the relationship. What really frustrates me and what investors do not like is when you're being rushed. People do not want money to go out of their bank account, whether it's a corporate bank account or individual bank account, 
in a rush. So um, that relationship needs to be built a long time before the deal is actually ready to go. So for me, that the world of high net worths felt more comfortable. One, because obviously I'm from that world in terms of that's my history in corporate. That's the corporate world I was in. And my friends, um, you know, in that banking sense were those types of people. One of, one of the first people I... Um, um, took to a net property networking meeting, actually not a very good one, I'm going to just put that out there. Um, you know, he just had a million pounds sloshing around, yeah, he, he just and he was just like, oh yeah, you know, maybe, um, how do you get money to work for you? Um, and he's somebody that's super, super high level business person, it doesn't mean they necessarily understand um, how to invest in property. So it was breaking it down, being in the right places as well. So it's obviously in High Net Connect, the whole point of it is to help people to find those people and get into that world. I prefer working with high net worth individuals and sophisticated investors, not least because it gets you away from all these FCA regulations. Like I don't want to be responsible for Aunt Doris's, you know, last 25 grand going into a property deal and it goes It's to a hell. lot harder to get Aunt Doris's 25 yeah. grand. Understandably, it's people's yeah. life savings. If they've got no experience in investment, tend to be a lot more yeah. risk averse. They want a blow-by-blow blow account of what's happening to their totally. money. Whereas when you, you start um, coming to London or connecting yeah. with your overseas investors, which I know you do a lot of family firms and, and such like, yes. you know, you're adding on a lot more zeros and the speed of implementation is just so much quicker isn't it because yeah. ultimately if you're a, a professional and your the deal stacks up it's it's quite a easy decision it for is. people but but how did you because you mentioned that it wasn't a very good property networking event and and mm. there'll be a lot of the listeners that'll be thinking well okay but but where do i find somebody that's mm. got the million pound plus sloshing yeah. around because the, the, i say lower level networking events there's so much value that can be had to mm. to, to go into all property events yeah. But typically, if you're going somewhere where you're maybe paying £20 a ticket, you tend to find you're going to have a lot of deal sourcers, a lot yeah. of one-man bands, a yeah. lot of people that are looking for the same things, yeah. or people who want to learn about the property themselves. You might already be familiar with some of the lingo. Yes. They're not necessarily your um, time-poor, cash-rich avatar, people that may run their own businesses or are already highly successful, or CEOs, um, they, they typically have anything from mid six figures upwards really and they're, they're just looking for hands-off investment yes so you were quite good at attracting those sorts of people as opposed to your aunt dorothy's totally. where were you finding them yeah so there's a there's a number of places and there's a number of different types of investors as well so um the things that resonate easily with me i guess is one um academics yeah. i'm an academic so um you will find if if that's for you not everyone is but if 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 you're a bit of a nerd like me, go to find the thing that you love, um, even drinking actually, anything that you love, <laughs> find the thing that you love and then find that brand of very high net worth individuals. So for example, if you're an academic, for me, um, going to lectures in Oxford, you know, the, the before lockdown, you would, be, you would be able to go to lectures um, about all kinds of stuff, nothing to do with business particularly, but you'd get around the right people. You'd go and find people that are working, like you said, working, they've got 
they've got money, they've, they've built up their careers. They're in a place where you can't afford to be if you haven't got money. Mm -hmm. So think about the places that are affluent. Um, so for me, I, I like my connections in the world of academia because it's really easy for me to go in and sit in a lecture and talk about, you know, quantum physics. And then I'm the only person in the room that's talking about property. And I want to be the only person in the room talking about what I talk about um, because then they will come to me. I, do, I very rarely go and out, do an outreach. People will come to me. So that's what I started to do. Um, as I said, drinking, it's not hard to go to very, very nice places and meet people in normal conversation. So I was with a friend, I was with a group of ladies, one of my first groups, um, and um, I call them masterminds, but I don't really, that's not really the right term for them, but just a group of ladies, and we were just in Claridge's um, in London. And you'll be surprised, because, because these high net worths, not all of them, but different brands, I call them brands or flavours of them, flavours is the wrong word, <laughs> and they have a different um, style of working. So we were just sat there. And the people that are chilling out on a Monday afternoon, having a cocktail at like one in the afternoon or two in the afternoon, uh, they've got free time. They want to chat. They want to talk to you. So we would literally open it must up. Must be an easier seal if they're <laughs> half pissed as totally. well. Why <laughs> <laughs> don't you do that? It just makes so much sense. Um, so <laughs> we just started just chatting to people in the room and like literally opening up conversations with complete strangers. With the um, high net worth alcoholics, basically. Yeah. Is, 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 this, is this the yeah. advice you're giving the listeners? Go yeah, somewhere really posh on a Monday afternoon, and if they're drinking, they've probably got a bit of an addictive personality. They need to, they need and less to. likely to do due diligence. <laughs> So they're your easiest type there. <laughs> That's your low-hanging fruit, guys. <laughs> low-hanging fruit. Go. Um, but, you know, going to places like, uh, well, I was saying, a lot of business deals are done over a golf course. Um, yeah. I'm horrific at that. But, but there are events out there. If you don't want to sort of physically create things yourself, there are, fam like you mentioned, family firms, family offices. There are events out there specific for service providers um, and you will have to pay. Mm -hmm. So you will have to pay as a service provider being somebody that serves the family office. Um, the family office is basically, um, it is, it's um, a, a collection of people representing, they'll be a very wealthy family and they're representing them and they're looking for investment opportunities. The one thing that I had to... I didn't have to because it was natural for me, but I have to tell other people is that there's more money out there than there are good deals to invest in. Mm -hmm. Money is constantly looking. Like yes. It's always looking for somewhere to go. Um, if you get involved in these events, that you can literally Google family office conference, family office events, the Ritossa event, which is happening in uh, Monaco and Dubai. Mm -hmm. um, you can go as a service provider to these events and just be around these people. And it is... Um, it isn't. It's, it's not comfortable, especially if that's not your world, um, and it's it's um, it's new to you. But it's you just got to push through that. So I'm always saying, get in the right places. Go to where the wealthy people are. You're not going to find them at the lower level events. Mm -hmm. um, you've got to think about the three things that um, I mentioned to you that that wealthy people and all people drive are, are driven by. They're only going to go somewhere. If it's fun, if it's financially um, advantageous, or if there's philanthropy. So one of the other things I talk about is charity events are the most fantastic place mm -hmm. to connect with high net worth individuals because they wouldn't be there if mm. they didn't 
you know, have enough money to be able to be a philanthropist. So I'm not saying, like, go along to um, charity events and be really disingenuous and have your, like, clipboard with all your deals on and just keep shoving it in front of people's faces. It's a really excellent place to start building relationships with people that can have the financial power potentially it's a start it's a start yeah. so you're not going to get a deal funded that's a reality no. but you are going to connect with people who um you may or may not resonate with and have the opportunity to potentially start to build a relationship and yeah. i think there, there's definitely an element of pay to play yes. um, and everyone's got to to do things based on their own finances their own risk appetite i fully appreciate that but for us at the early days, we had no money. Um, as you know, we used the last of, of our redundancy money and we put it all into our property education. But off the back of that, we then um, went to some events. We put them on credit cards. Mm. We went to, um, Grant Cardone was over for the 10X tour. Yeah. Um, he was doing a two-day keynote. It was a phenomenal event. Paid a couple of grand each, my husband and I, for the tickets. Um, but that experience was absolutely priceless. I was actually had the opportunity to sit with Grant and Eleanor at my table, have, have, having dinner with them. Mm. We then went for lunch the, the next day, just a small intimate group of us. But I did actually pick up clients from that event. Yeah. Um, and and uh, another event, I think the following year, I went to see Robert Kiyosaki, the author yes. of Rich Dad, Poor Dad. He was yeah. um, speaking for Success Resources. Again, invested in paying for that higher level ticket. So you get the meal the yes. night before. You get an opportunity to socialise. You have um, different sort of VIP area to hang out at the breaks, at the lunches and whatnot. And um, not through um, any sort of self-promotion, just through striking up conversations. Oh, what yeah. do you do? Uh, oh, I do property. Oh, right. I've always been interested in property, but I'm really busy. I run my own martial arts schools or I do whatever, I, you know. And, and three um, three investors onboarded with us off the back of wow. just being there. Yeah. So I think it's that's the, the, the big part of it. I, I feel like a lot of people are fishing in the same pond. Yeah. And actually, yeah. if you go and fish in the different pond, yeah. it, it's a lot easier um, and people aren't doing it and it's about creating opportunities as well um, yesterday I just recorded a podcast with Joe Foster mm -hmm. who um, a lot of people may not recognise the name Joe Foster but you will be familiar with Reebok and Joe is the founder of Reebok uh, he sold it I think in 1919 89, 90 for, for 4 billion so by doing things like setting up a podcast or what have you, you're creating more opportunities, not necessarily to do business, mm. but just to connect with people that are further down the path that you want to travel. And I'm a great believer that when you're continually around people that are further ahead, it can only it can only but elevate you. And this time, three years ago, just over three years ago, when I got into this crazy world of property, the thought of talking to a millionaire was mind-blowing. You know, I, I very much put the, the person with the money on a pedestal, a very limiting belief, didn't believe that there was money out there, you know, and because we didn't have any money to be able to transact, we gave that person all the power. Yes. But, but through your own experiences and the value that you bring to the table, you soon sort of restructure that yeah. but uh, but I do think you know and, and obviously we all need tangible steps we need to know where these people are hanging out there there's there things that, that we want to, to, to do to, to engineer our own fate but if you'd have said to me three years ago that I was going to be hanging around with millionaires mm -hmm. I'd have just thought oh no like that that's yeah. I'd have felt very uncomfortable with that I didn't feel worthy um, whereas now my entire network is millionaires yeah. deca millionaires billionaires yeah. you know and you know what the the really crazy thing is they're just like me. They're they just are. like us. They are. You know, it's just yeah. normal people yes. with money 
but they have the yeah I'm, I'm quite fascinated by this because I do think success leaves clues and mm-hmm. there's a lot of common denominators around the ultra successful not yes. just in business I and mean, the podcast not just about business it's, it's not just about property it's about people that know what it takes to get to the top whether that's a boxer whether that's an athlete yes. whether that's a professional footballer you know we'll, we've had all sorts um because some of the underpinning attributes are definitely the same. Totally. But there is a there definitely is an element of pay to play. It's the same mm. with the high level mastermind groups. Yes. You know, I think I've spent forty five grand this year alone on yeah. my professional and self development. But that allows me opportunities I wouldn't have to get around a lot of other seven figure business owners who, yeah. um, again, it's never the intention. You're there for the energy. You're there to learn. You're there to develop. But um, you you also have opportunities to collaborate and work with people and onboard clients off the back of it. And and I think that's the thing that I um I only started to realise it when I started to put it down in the in my own mastermind. Um when people are asking how do you do this, where do you go, what do you do? And I and I had to kind of formulate it into the, this whole 12 months. And I started to actually exactly like you said there, this whole uh there's so much emphasis in wealth creation about you know the strategies and there's not enough on the actual networking. I My biggest business expense is networking events. My biggest business expense that's ever been since I've been doing this whole journey is going and getting in front of the right people. And you do have to pay, but you mentioned in sport and the kind of, there's analogies with success that, that, that transcend all um, areas of human life. And I don't, I'm not a sporty person at all. Uh, we did that challenge, didn't we? We had to run. Thanks to Stephen Green. Thank you, Stephen. Ha- hang on. Yeah, we ran a half marathon. You did not run it. You did not run it. You did it in three and a half hours. Sorry, Liz. That's not fucking running. No, I was suffering for a week. I suffered Shut for a week. My, honestly, I was suffering. It was a long I walk. Take, I had to have a Mars bar. Oh, my God. So, I was never like, I was never able to connect with people that had all this like amazing ability and discipline and 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 I just thought that world is nothing to do with me (laughs) absolutely nothing to do however a friend of mine Grant Robe um in one of my one of my groups um he's a professional swimmer and he was he was talking about you go the fastest when you're not moving because of the momentum that you've created. And it started me thinking about how so much of success and life is about momentum. So it's very easy for me now to kind of go along to these events. And I have to say, I started paying for them, paying for them, paying for them. That's the hard work or going out there, you know, traveling around the blinking country or, you know, ingratiating myself to these um, uh, people that maybe I didn't really like actually <laughs> and so doing the hard graft and and you build this momentum and then just like when you're training as a swimmer um, um, you learn that the, the the technique is that you move very fast when you're gliding and then what happens is that momentum will push me through and I'm in a momentum phase right now so I don't really pay for it like I don't pay for anything anymore I get to stay at amazing places I get to go to amazing events and I get to do all of this because of that hard graft I put in so for me and I'm not selling networking here obviously I do network that's my business but um, investing in your visibility 
physically, not just online, physically, so you're in front of the right people, you're at the right events, um, is absolutely essential. Mm -hmm. It's absolutely essential. Um, and then don't think that it's going to always be that way because you'll start getting the invitations, you'll start getting the, you know, it, it, it will build momentum. Yeah, it's very interesting you say that because I think if you work hard, uh, and this, this is an entirely different podcast, but if you work hard at becoming an authority in your sector, mm. uh, becoming a key person of influence, you don't need to chase the opportunities. Mm. The opportunities start coming to you. And that really is when the magic starts to happen. Mm. So you've created, so the, the, the two sort of things that you're known for now, the High Net Connect mm. um, and Preneur Capital. So you've created the High Net Connect. So you it's a Facebook group. What's the objective of it? Tell yeah. us what the what's the mastermind like? How's it yeah. all came about? Yeah, so High Net Connect was purely because um, I'm, uh, I'm terrible at anyone that knows me. I'm really bad at... Um, finding my way through my messages because of this instant chat culture that we're in now means that you can connect with someone five or six thousand ways um, and I was getting inundated with people asking the same question so I thought let's give the same answer in one space um, let's help people upgrade their network and and a lot of it is to do with and you touched on this earlier a lot of it's to do with confidence and like you said three years ago imagining being in these situations and, and knowing that these super wealthy people are actually normal people. Yes, there are those idiots out there, but there's idiots that are poor, there's idiots that are rich, you just don't work with idiots. But on the whole, um, if you are attracting people into your life where you're being um, happy and full and sitting in your own power, you're going to attract the right people, whether they're wealthy or, or otherwise. So um, I created High Net Connect to actually allow people to, one, um, start to network with other people that have the same need. So it started off being really for the service providers, so people that need to be um, connecting with high net worth individuals, maybe for their property investments, or maybe they've got a really high-end product. We have a lot of businesses in there, creative businesses. We've got artists, we've got um, film producers, we've got all kinds. We've got nobility, we've got billionaires, we've got all kinds of people in that group. It's a real mix of everything um, and it was about them creating a referral network because at the level of high wealth somebody's word means a lot so they're not there on Facebook searching for the best property opportunity or searching for a fantastic holiday for them and their family they will just say um, I'm gonna get the old phone out again um, uh, you know um, I had this amazing experience you need to speak to whoever and, and that's how it works. At that level, it's all about word of mouth. Mm -hmm. So I was creating a network that's essentially um, an online version of word of mouth because we were getting to know each other, we were bonding, we were finding out about each other. And then it kind of um, exploded a little bit because then I started to realise there's a real demand for people to not only upgrade their network for business reasons, but upgrade the feelings about themselves because the whole point of becoming... Um, upgraded in businesses so you become wealthy mm. you're building wealth and to build wealth you have to start really believing in your self-worth so being around others that are going through that journey or looking at others that already have that self-worth mm -hmm. is very uplifting mm. so that's what we do we build each other's um, self-worth we start to help each other connect and, and have that referral network and I call them gatekeepers gatekeepers are people that work in the world of wealth so, for example, I have a, a, a lovely person in um, High Net Connect who is a PA and a housekeeper, a couple of housekeepers as well to super wealthy families. Um, they may not be wealthy themselves, 
but they are fantastic gatekeepers. So they can introduce people to the families they work for once they get to know you, once they, they, they get to like you and trust you. So these people fill High Net Connect. Um, so we've got so, so many different ways to, to get value out of it. The next thing is that we're doing the, obviously the networking events offline. So through COVID, we did a lot of online networking and I still do that, still do that like um, a few times a month now. Um, we're building the business matchmaker, business partner matchmaker service as well. So people can start to look for creative partners. Again, it's word of mouth, it's trust, it's relationship building. And I'm starting to, um, I'm starting to see these relationships blossom. People have been making hundreds of thousands of pounds out of that group and it's free. Um, so what I have, have kind of uh, formulated was a mastermind. So the mastermind was literally just uh, 12 months where I meet every month and I bring people in, fantastic people like yourself, to the mastermind mm -hmm. to talk about the world of wealth, how to connect, relationship building, um, how to get your product or deal or whatever into the right format that people that are wealthy want to be interested in it because they do have a very different way of doing things. It's not for the masses, it's very bespoke. So I have a mastermind and I think we've got, um, I think we've got about 150, 160 people in there. And it's just a really fantastic group. So they've taken the referral network to the next level and they're building businesses together and they're communicating every day. And my WhatsApp group for them, uh, uh, you're not in it. it. When I leave it for a few days, I, I come back to a thousand missed messages. So hmm. it's like the most intensive um, community of really ambitious people mm -hmm. because all of these wealthy people, not all of them, some of them have inherited wealth um, but on the whole, a lot of them have made it mm -hmm. and they've all started somewhere mm -hmm. and they've started and I always look back and say, you know, in 10 years time, the relationships you're making now, you know, just like when you see these famous people that are in films and you're like, um, they're always in a film together, like what's his name, Matt Damon and um, Ben Affleck. They knew each other from days gone by. You often get these groups of powerful people because They've stuck together from the beginning. And that's what I'm creating. People that are sticking together from the beginning, building wealth together and connecting up and up so they can really like make their businesses fly. So I absolutely love it. But as I said, new thing is the offline networking. So mm. that, is, that is very exciting. And um, we have different levels. We've got a community level, so everyone's invited. We've got VIP level for the service providers. Then we've got the inner circle, for the high net worth themselves because it's not fair to always be pitching to them so mm -hmm. we want them to have a safe space so when there's a mixer event we'll say very clearly the service providers can come along and pitch but they'll know what they're getting and sometimes they just want to be with other people on a social level without being pitched at so we'll keep them private and then the vault is for celebrities and um people that are anonymous philanthropists and stuff like that. So there's different levels. It's really exciting. I can't wait to get out again. Um, and and it's, it's launching globally, isn't it? So, so yeah. we're, we're doing the flagship in Mayfair, but yes. we've got Canary Wharf, we've got Dubai, yes. we've got yes. Spain, we've got yes. Scotland, we've got Ireland, you've got yes. you know, throughout the UK. Is there any more yes. abroad? Um, we're looking at Hong Kong at the moment. Yeah. We're looking at doing um, a, really, a, a really lovely, lovely, lovely person in Hong Kong. I need to actually talk to them today. Um, and we're looking at um, Brisbane as well. And the thing is, is that... Brisbane, can, Australia? Yes. Good luck with that. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it might have to be online. Um, <laughs> um, uh, we'll have to go underground. 
it's uh, <laughs> it's really, <laughs> it's really exciting and to physically we talked about this yesterday I'm very into my um, theories on what's really going on in nature of reality and quantum physics mixing with spirituality and stuff to physically be in a room with people that are resonating at a high vibe you can't help but pick that vibe up and that's really what I want to do so mm-hmm. in the in a in a very kind of basic way I'm just I'm here to help people connect and make their lives better and more profitable and enjoyable but like in the back of my mind where I pretend I'm a superhero I'm like trying to elevate consciousness of the world and everyone lift up mm-hmm. and realize how worth you know high net connect is about high net inner worth as well as high net outer worth because we're all actually exactly the same mm-hmm. um, and some of us are on a journey to massive wealth and some of us are on a journey to medium wealth doesn't really matter as long as we're really happy where we are we're like the richest people in the world oh i absolutely love that what what a great way to to wrap up so what is the mission then you've just Mm. mentioned you're looking to elevate the consciousness (laughs) of the planet is is that where you see it going yeah for me that my fascination with money and finance and wealth is actually about abundance so um you know there's many 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 courses and 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 books and everything about abundance what does that actually mean so money is only just one little you know it's one little facet of abundance it's a human made construct what does it really mean so i do believe in the benevolence of the universe i do believe there's enough i do believe um we all have like a god-given or birthright to to uh, everything we wish for um, but obviously we've got to work together so I've got a very tribal mentality um, there's people out there suffering that will people turn a blind eye to uh, that's got to stop so a lot of my mission really is about um, it's not just about people's personal wealth and access to abundance it's about we're part of a massive organism here and we've got to actually understand that to really truly be fully abundant no man no woman can be left behind so it's about making the message of abundance really clear so when you've got to the point where your cup is full or even if it's just half full you need to start sharing it out because that is the nature of of i believe the universe look at nature look at symbiosis look at how things work beautifully together and the only thing that's um screwing things up is humanity because we've got this us and them mentality so a lot of this is about connecting reconnecting and just becoming one in that sense of we've got access to everything we need yeah i think there's a really powerful message here it's, it's also getting that message out to people that mean otherwise not be hearing it mm. because this doesn't have to be something that's elitist no. you know i think 90 percent of the world's millionaires are first generational wealth mm-hmm. um, it's like a bit of a hidden secret that's mm. there in plain view um, yes. and, and you're on a mission to, to bring that yes. to as many people as possible absolutely absolutely and that's the thing that, that that if we start to really understand these it's not us and them they're part of us they're reflections of us and every single person i meet is a little part of me whether i like them or not and then when we start to um, connect at that level we can start to for my in my mind i imagine like there's this kind of like a golden sort of layer here and then all of the people underneath it that are not reaching it and I just want that to blend down and I want it to distribute um, <laughs> evenly, mathematically. Hang on, are you a communist? <laughs> no, evenly? Hang on a minute. <laughs> definitely not, definitely not. I'm not endorsing that. <laughs> no, definitely not. No, 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 there's got to be, there's got to be a higher purpose and a higher, um, there's got to be, 
<laughs> There's got to be a, a higher understanding of what true abundance is. And like, like I said before, it's, it's, it's about realising that um, we don't only want our own wealth, but we want meaning, and we want legacy, and we want immortality. And we talked about being legends and, and being legendary last night. Um, being truly wealthy is being able to make a, a, an impact for a long, long time. Mm -hmm. um, so your words and your actions are actually, um, you know, alive mm -hmm. forever. That is what all immortality is to me. So um, I believe that people will be a lot happier if they know that they're part of something that is beautiful and that's going to last forever, which we actually are. We just oh, don't know it. I love that. Success is about so much more than money in the bank, but we all yeah. want more money in the bank as yeah. well. So we're going to follow some of the advice that Liz has given us. Um, and yeah, I knew it would be an interesting one. We always have so much fun whenever we chat. Um, mm -hmm. How can people get in touch? How can they join High Neck Connect? How yes. can they reach out to you, Liz? Yeah. Um, really easy to join Hynet Connect. It's literally just Hynet Connect in Facebook. Um, it's free to join. You just um, put your email address in. Um, and then uh, my email is actually liz at hynetconnect.co.uk. Um, and DMs are um, my bugbear. <laughs> so they'll find me as Liz Bateson on Facebook. But um, I just beg people to email me instead of um, DM. Because, yeah, DMs are... Um, the instant chat culture is is fantastic but it's also a nightmare so yeah they can find me there and i'm very active on my facebook group that's my that is my special sacred space so you'll find me there and if you add comments and stuff i'm watching all the time oh we've got i don't know if you know this we've got high net connect awards happening in january um so that's going to be about celebrating the people in the group that are doing incredible things um because there are and there's some super 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 people in there that are you. opening their hearts up to abundance and sharing the wealth and that's and that's an exciting thing to do and i look forward to my special lifelong yes. achievement award oh my god you're, yeah, you, <laughs> yeah you deserve it <laughs> you're always connecting people and talking about relationships and that's that's what i love about you because you know you know the truth about this that we are actually all connected and there's no point doing anything alone we are really truly um one I've gone very kind of um, spiritual, haven't I? We have went very spiritual, but why not? I love to see where these <laughs> yeah. podcasts go. You never know what tangents we're going to end up in. Yeah. Liz, it's been an absolute pleasure. You're a superstar. I can't wait to see what the next few years has in store and we'll get you back on again. Thank you so much. Take care, everyone. Thank, Thank you. you. Bye. That concludes another episode of The Power of Property. If you've enjoyed today's content, please make sure you leave a review, subscribe to the podcast and share it with anyone you feel would get value from it. It really does make a difference. Until next time, goodbye.